welcome to the finale episode of the summer series of Perspectives. It has been a minute, and this episode was supposed to release back in August. However, as we talked about in episode four, struggle. Um, there are a lot of things that ended up coming up um, unexpectedly. There's also the creative energy to get this episode done. And there was so many different levels of things that I was like, I'm trying to do this really cool thing. I'm trying to wrap it up really cool. We didn't record this last episode until September. Um, and then after recording it, everything else just picked up and life and life and life. And so I knew I needed to release it. I was thinking about it and praying about it and trying to see where this should release. And I just had that feeling within the last two weeks to go ahead and get this done um, and get it out. So I'm happy that it's coming out on the 31st of December. The first episode of this season was released on May 31st. So I was like, hey, 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 that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Um, but again, I apologize listeners for not getting this out until now. Um, if you ever see me, stop to me and ask me, Hey, what was going on? And I can tell you about that in person. So, um, thank you to all of the listeners for the support. I thank all of my guests, Jackie and Anissa, Brandon, Morgan, Lane, Matt, and Joseph. You guys have been wonderful in being a part of this process of creating something for this year with this podcast. Um, and I really appreciate you guys. Um, this episode, I'm just going to let you guys jump right on in. It is on growth. I kind of tackle everything that we've gone through over this season with Joseph, and then we go into growth. So I will let, uh, past Jeremiah from September, take it away. And welcome back listener to the final episode of perspectives, the summer series with your host, Jeremiah Stevenson. That's me. Uh, it's pretty wild. Uh, we've got yeah. one of my best friends from childhood. We're I, teenagehood, but to me, teenagehood is childhood. To be honest, the older I get, I realize everyone that's like under twenty one is a baby, yeah. and like not in a bad way, but it's like, oh my god, the amount of experience you get compounded in the few years once you reach adulthood and are functioning alone just puts everything else in perspective a little better. And this is Joseph Zangla. Hi. I'm Joseph Zengla. I am also from the little cesspit of Brunswick. <laughs> I have done my best to escape this state for 25 years, uh, and I have been unsuccessful. I've been flying by the seat of my pants since 17. Father died, I moved out, and I've been making my way since. I'm working to become a fine arts sculptor, mm -hmm. and that's how you know I don't value money or having a solid career. Uh, realistically, though, turns out things actually really come full circle, and we'll touch on it later, but... Pursuing a degree in something that was outside of what I had thought I would end up in actually came to fulfill literally a childhood dream in a way that was so specific and exact and actually professional that I wasn't expecting I wasn't expecting a dream you give up on when you're fucking nine years old to all of a sudden be a reality when you're twenty five yeah mm. and that listener is the episode we are talking about growth. Uh. <laughs> a little note to like older uh. us, because I'm sure we'll listen back to this at some point and be uh. like, oh, you were so young just talking there about how you have compound. Yeah, I know, but like, holy fucking shit. We have experienced so much individually and as friends, as friends in the last five, six months. 
Uh, dude, what, there's an it's, month, not, it's been like it's, six years yeah, since 2020 started. It so. really has. So let's start off with this. As you've listened to the past episodes, we touched on friendship. And as I went through quarantine, I sat down and I was just like addressing myself and going super deep within. And I started from before I was born to the current day. Uh, and I addressed friendship and we had Jack and Anise on that episode. We had identity with Brandon Williams and I addressed within that my own, who I was as a person outside of my friends, because I'm someone different with my friends. And then there are very few that know the real, <laughs> the real core Jeremiah. Uh, and then from there you have to have empathy for yourself because you do know you are, you have so much frustration and pain and degradation and just fucking self-perspective self-perspective who you are and you fucking hate yourself having to find that empathy for who you are and we had morgan strickland on that episode and then after understanding that i got into struggle this is life life is a consistent struggle but that's also what makes it beautiful and understanding that you you go through this process over and over again but what have you learned from the last time to the next time then we got to acceptance holy Uh, shit we're already getting like heavy like goddamn. It's not that heavy. It's not. Don't worry. I I will do my best to make you cry later. (laughs) But continue on now that we are at acceptance and it's crazy to look at the retrospective of it. Yeah, we get to acceptance and acceptance is with Matt Colvin and Lane Silva, two of my very, very, very good friends. Acceptance is this thing of understanding where you are and who you are and just building on top of that. And growing from that, God damn it, growing from it. It's and almost like you laid out the themes because you had an idea of how they might affect one absolutely. another. Absolutely. And the thing was, I had I actually literally plotted out the entire podcast and I recorded most of the episodes, the first three episodes. And then I had to record the last three. And as I'm recording, or as I'm about to release Struggle, my grandmother passed. And yeah. so you hear me in the intro to that episode and that's why there's no intro in this episode. It's just straight to the freaking conversation, understanding... We're here for it. It's yeah. just, that's what it is. Uh, and understanding that I had learned and grown so much, but having to face this struggle while still trying to do my own thing that was a part of myself outside of my family, and that that was a huge thing. And then getting to acceptance and finding there are relationships that I have that have become so much more than what they were. And like being able to see the friendships that have grown into things that have like, ride or dies, man. Fucking yeah. ride or dies. I think a big part of that, too, is uh, whenever your grandmother passed away and you had to go help out your family, you had a really, I feel like, good shock of self-realization of where you stand with the rest of your family, where you see how these people you've grown up with, like how they are now as an adult, with the perspective of an adult, how your family is interacting with things, how you are interacting with it. And there's always going to be a lot of self-growth whenever you can compare yourself to those that you've been with for a long time, not in a competitively way, but I mean... How the fuck are you supposed to know what the what you're doing as a human unless you look at other humans, right? Yeah. Uh, and I, from what you told me in that experience, I hope that you were able to realize the better grounding that you had compared to some people that you might assume know yeah. more of what's going on. Yeah. Touching again on growth and how much you can compound experiences, you go through a lot. We've been through a lot. We have access to a lot of information that our folks and those that came before us didn't. But there's a level of empathy and understanding, and I don't want to say integrity, because Mm -hmm. that leads to a negative tone for those outside of the example. Mm -hmm. But it's something along those lines of conviction, if you will. 
And I found that also, uh, like speaking with my mother and whatnot, going through a lot of issues, despite the fact that she has near triple my years, I am still having to almost explain like basic empathy at times. Yeah. Oh, I like, get that. I, there is, there are cognitive functions of humans that I, as you get older, you think differently, your brain works differently. There's a lot more going on. Uh, you can give a lot less of a fuck. <laughs> But at the same time, I don't feel like I would need to then have a fight with you about why doing something simple for the sake of others would be beneficial, not just for others, Mm -hmm. but for the wholeness of one's soul. Yeah. And listening to a lot of the examples of what you talked about, like how your family interacted with your grandmother's death was interesting because it gives a good juxtaposition. Everyone experiences different deaths, different funerals. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I honestly, uh, given your relationship with your immediate family, mm-hmm. was really shocked to hear how despondent almost the the rest of the group was and how it became this immediate interpersonal, almost like pissing contest in a lot of regards. <laughs> and I know that your father had a lot of struggles since he was going through. Yeah. But I hope that gives a good perspective and good self-reflection as you come back down to being just like with yourself out of that, seeing like being removed from it even more now has been more beautiful because I see all the beauty within the chaos Yeah, because there was so much chaos. It sounds like it. But I've seen even within all that, there have been relationships that have grown from that. And that's really really cool to see, like reconnecting with different family members and like getting to understand like. I'm an adult now. I see yeah. where you are. I've always seen where you are. But now that I have my own thing going on, like, you can respect me as an adult. Yeah. Your catalog of experiences, like, qualifies you for yeah, adulthood yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much. Pretty much. I definitely feel that. So, friendship. Mm-hmm. We're going to start with friendship. It's very magical. It is very magical. Let's talk about friendship and growth. Especially within our relationship and then within this year. Yeah. So, I think that would be, I think that would be really good. I don't know how to start that, though. I met Joseph Zangler one day walking through the Brunswick. I didn't even meet you. You were walking through the Brunswick. <laughs> you witnessed wall. I me. watched this motherfucker just, like, walk through. Like, he was, like, the most badass motherfucker. And I was like, hell yeah, dude. I would have burned that city this. to the ground to fucking light my cigarettes. Jesus. Like. Oh. Uh, yeah. And then after that, <laughs> we actually met due to an incredibly awkward circumstance. The older I get, I was hanging out with a mutual friend of ours. And. We were all a part of something known as the Brunswick <laughs> Homeschool Co-op. Yeah, uh, it was a once-a-week location where co-op or homeschool parents would teach a class to allow credits for yep. more difficult-to-handle classes. Uh, it's just a good way for everyone to work together, and it formed a community. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a Christian echo chamber. You know, you, you do what you do with that. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna go to the co-op. Uh, we plan on going and just seeing some friends. My little brother Levi is there. We know a bunch of different people from the community. We just figure we'll say hi. We know all the parents. Like, what are they gonna do? Kick us out? Boo hoo. So we go and we show up and uh, start jumping into pictures and shit, I guess, of the classes. It was like class picture day and we're just in the background of like four or five of those. Just like really? two big ass dudes that don't fucking go there. <laughs> just in the class photos. <laughs> but we met there because you and Levi uh, we were friends. Yeah. And like obviously introductions were made mm-hmm. and you were like, I recognize you from that time I watched you in the mall. Because <laughs> I used to watch, I just walk around the Brunswick Mall because you'd see everybody there. Yeah. I mean, there was nothing else to do in Brunswick. There was like, nothing else to do. Nothing so you to do just in like, the mall either. Yeah, that's true. At least walk and hopefully see some people that you might know. Yeah. So that grew from. I think our friendship like really grew pretty quickly because not long after that was whenever we were in the play. Yeah, and then the play we uh, <laughs> I remember taking us all to IHOP after. Yeah, and I got pulled over first time. Getting pulled over, 
First time with a black man in his car in Brussels, Georgia. <laughs> oh, it writes itself. It was amazing. Yeah, the older I get, the long, the more I wonder, like, did he know? Did he know you were in my car? Because he pulled me over because my tag light was out. Yeah. Fuck that. Anyways. Anyways. <laughs> uh, so we have that old Bonnie experience, and after that, we all just start hanging out. Yeah. He just naturally slots in. He's a great friend. You become basically, like, one of the boys hanging out. And Just then boys. we start growing up, basically. Yeah, and that's when things really started, like, because there was a lot of shit that happened after that first year that we met. Because even when I met you, there's a lot of shit that was going on. Yeah. So having to go through all of those major changes in life, especially all at that age, and then for us to get to this point today is just like... Holy shit, man. We've lived a life. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's like yeah. we've multiple lives. Like getting to like when you left for like Savannah. Yeah. That was really weird cuz it was yeah. just like dude, leaving it, my hometown. Obviously like, oh, you leave your hometown for first time. I've been trying to escape for years. Yeah. And I finally Because did. it was like get the fuck out, but yeah. it was like where the fuck Joseph's gone? Yeah. But it was like, hell yeah, dude. So, like, all those trips that me and Levi got to take up there was like, we get to see this motherfucker thrive. And, like, yeah. he got out of what the fuck was Brunswick. Like, it's crazy. Like, even looking back on Brunswick now, living there, how simple everything was, does not promote the kind of growth I would have had. Yeah, like, moving absolutely. around. That's something also that's crazy to think about is, like, there are people that are going to live and die their lives in mm-hmm. that small town. Mm-hmm. And,. Doesn't matter how much internet access you have or how open minded you are, living and experiencing things is always going to be superior. Yeah. And that doesn't necessarily mean like get on a plane and go somewhere because, you know, fuck the economy and fuck poor people, apparently. But <laughs> yeah. realistically, the adventures that you can find and what you do in the areas there are amazing. In Brunswick, there were no places to hang out. Movie theater wasn't worth going to. The islands were all too expensive. So we broke into chemical factories. We explored abandoned buildings. We. Yeah. Made cardboard armor and fought each other with stabs and shit. I fucking was uh, really for life. Yeah. Really for life. We stayed up all night. And stayed James up for... finally showed up. Because I don't know what the fuck. Because it was like late in the morning that too. That was around the time I think he was dating Molly. Okay, so like, I think it was. Be, we can't yeah. be mad at that. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not mad at it. But I was like, I remember because we were supposed to be up all night. Yeah. And like he finally shows up. Relay for life thing. Yeah. And so we just like are running around in cardboard boxes. And yeah. it's just like, you... this, it, was an, it was a pureness to all that. Yeah. You make your memories. Yeah. It, Whenever I tell people about Brunswick, I refer to it as, like, Stranger Things, but without, like, yeah. the intrigue. Yeah. Where it's, like, it's simple. You go and you hang out with your friends. Yeah, we were a little more spread out because Brunswick was, like, built on marshes. So, yeah. the tight it communities were. Bit, yeah. But, but uh, to get to anybody. Yeah. But, I mean, dude. It was... It is an awful place, but it was not a bad childhood. Yeah. I, I definitely... I would agree to that. And I think that's a good basis for the growth. Because especially being in Atlanta... How long have you lived here now? I've lived here now three years. For three years. I've also been here for three years. This is... Because you got up here... Well, actually... Months, two months after me. This is the start of my months. fourth year. Wait, you you weren't up here before me? Yes, you were up here before me. No, I what? wasn't. I got here in 2017. What year are we in? We 2020. 2020. I got here in June 2017. So you've lived here for four years and you're going into your fifth year. Because I came up in 2018 to 2019. 18, 19... 20. And then 19 and 20, I lived in that other apartment. So and I'm, going I just into my fourth year. I'm going into my fourth year. Well, I'm also like going to fourth year because I'm going to my fourth year long lease. Ah. So that's what I'm going based off of. So, but I know because my mom passed in 2016 and I got up here June 2017. 
So all of 17, all of 18, all of 19, most of 20, you're going into your fifth year. I'm fucked up, but okay. <laughs> no, no. It's it, I mean, that's a good example. No, your it is. My year, mind you just, turned 25. just cannot wrap around it. I know. Dude, Fuck. the amount of time that's passed, it feels short, but also it really, it, trying to quantify how much time has actually passed and yeah. how much has actually happened. You look back on it and the way my mind works is there are bookend events by which I Holy know shit, happened. You're right. I just realized, yeah. And then like Holy you second God. you like spread that open, you're like, whoa, wait a minute. All, All that these happened? things happened, yeah. Because like, I, I tell and I've told you, I feel like I've lived at least three lives since I've moved up here. Yeah. You've been doing a lot with you since you came so up here. Much shit. Yeah. And it's just like for for me this year has been like all that was like childish shit and now it's like all of a sudden you get to be a big boy. Yeah, and it's wild. And so to see yourself growing to that point and then to have like friends come alongside and then have people that you kind of knew when you were younger and then have like full friendships with them now. Seeing that like cultivate and grow. Yeah. Like the fact that like I, my friendship with you is one of my longest standings. Like mm-hmm. the only friends I've had longer than you are James and Levi right. who I literally met at like three years old. Right. It's like, the relationships and having people like that that you can reference back against and be able to like lovingly compare Mm -hmm. of like self-promoting each other's growth and see where it ends up is fucking wild like Mm -hmm. i think all the time what i would have told a younger me before i like went to school and came up here like what i should do like what i would do and i don't regret a lot of my experiences and that's something that i take pride in Mm -hmm. but as you should i have completely shifted the way that i live Mm -hmm. uh like my my favorite thing to say now is i went from just trying to live Mm -hmm. to living holistically humanly yeah as holistically human as possible Mm -hmm. and it's been such a nice change such a nice change so looking at the friendships identity what is that? What was? <laughs> do you want to go first? You want me to go first, or you want to like? Just Both have of this... us have a very similar veins. So I'll just I'll fucking let's just kick this pig. So <laughs> I don't know. I just I don't even know where to begin. You and I both lost ourselves in relationships. Yeah, for sure. So a big part of our identity. I can't speak for you in the same regard, but mm. what I'm going to guess from what I've seen, yeah, was you figuring out what you wanted to do up here. You thinking that you found yourself out, and then realizing how much of yourself there was still that you needed yes. to work on. Yeah. I was in a relationship for about five and a half years, a little over. But uh, I was with this girl for a long time. Uh, things had their ups, had their downs. I had cats. It was... There's so much... Oh, my God. I miss my cats. Yeah. Uh, they are fine. She kept custody. She came with one of the cats, so obviously, like, I'm not going to separate the little one from her big brother. Yeah. But coming out of that relationship, like, not even... I'm not going to go into it. But coming out of it and realizing how much of Joseph had been smothered by mm. the relationship mm. and how it it almost felt like a hibernation. Mm-hmm. Like, I had thought for a long time that I was like a big, if you think of it, like I was a big grizzly bear. I, I had always done my thing. I didn't give a fuck. That was like my whole thing about Brunswick was I was very like anti-authority like Mm -hmm. anti-anything that like opposed me i was (laughs) super empathetic though it was like it was like an anti-hero is what i'm not i don't want to such a not i'm not trying to glorify no but i'm saying that's also like an edgelord thing to say about yourself but it was the idea of i stand for what i know is right Mm -hmm. i don't put up with bullshit i don't give a fuck what you think yeah and i liked that a lot because it allowed me to find myself without a concern and worry about others that my anxiety and depression would usually drown me in Mm -hmm. And then being in the relationship, 
I just let my partner become that basically. Mm -hmm. And that dictated so much of my value that now that I'm out of it again, using that grizzly as an example, the snow has thawed. I'm fucking hungry. Like <laughs> I had to dig my way out of my fucking cave because there was a landslide. So I'm pissed. Like I'm back in the forest. Like get the fuck back in line. Like I'm doing my shit and I don't have to worry about what anyone else is doing. My yeah. concerns about like, Oh, am I going to have a job? Am I going to be able to support it? Fuck it. I can just work. Mm -hmm. I don't have to worry about like, Oh, is she going to worry? I'm working too much. No, fuck that. I'm working. Mm -hmm. I'm doing me. I can do me. I can just mm -hmm. focus on me again. Mm -hmm. And Oh my God, it was, a complete revitalization and part of that growth is you know where we're coming to the change of seasons yeah. like I'm, I'm back prowling through the forest yeah but it was also like that bear lived a totally different life and like came out of the forest with like way more experience so it's a it's a so for me like to build on top of that for me being in that relationship was so much like i don't think you you put so much into it i, I don't think you realized how it, it, it so i'm gonna I have really intense synesthesia when I think about things. Yeah. And I that's why I use a lot of examples. It was not like a trickle or a well fed like amount of love. It was like you basically like full on opened the valve. You were like, Yeah, let's go. Yeah. No, that's and then she so like was breaking the rest of it and complaining <laughs> that it was like <laughs> It's like, why are you, why is it so much? Oh my God, it's, it's too much attention and it's everything I want. Why can't I complain about it? I need to make problems. <laughs> Like it was trying to do so much for someone else when I was not, I, I stopped giving a care of myself Yeah, and I stopped like healing myself. Cause that's something I've always done. Everyone knows that it was always like healing himself and like making yeah. sure he's good for other people. Cause I'm there for other people. So getting out of that and looking back on it was just like, you lost yourself. Like you just were mm. gone. You just were like, a, you were a version, you were a smothered version of yourself. Absolutely. I love how you said that a smothered version of yourself because yeah. when you get, from under that pillow, you're like, holy shit, there's that so much life. Air, there's know? so much life in the world that, like, happiness and joy and peace and, like, just being able to, like, be alive and do shit and just, like, ugh. Uh, it was wild. And so to go from that to having empathy for that person that got into that relationship. Wanting to help them. And to, yeah, having empathy for that person, having empathy for yourself. Because I had to be like, well, why would you do that? It was because you were hurting and you needed something. You needed somebody. You needed, like... You find fulfillment in helping people. Yes. And, and so I fully was yeah. like, we're just going to do that. But, like, yeah, that Jeremiah did that. And I'm, I say that Jeremiah. It's me. It's all me. But in terms of, like, yeah. 2.0 versions. past Jeremiah. So, like... Before the updates. <laughs> yeah, before the updates. Fucking Google Home. So, for me, empathy was just understanding that like, it's okay for that Jeremiah to have done that. Yeah, because it helped me get to a place of so much growth. It's, I keep I want to stop saying growth. I, it helped me understand so much about myself. Yeah, I mean the English language only has so many words yeah. for exactly what you're trying to say, and it can be cumbersome trying to work around it whenever communication of an idea is more important than eloquence of a sentence. Yes, but I'd say it is inherently damaging if a relationship makes you double question empathy and yeah. care. Like, was it right to care for this person? It mm -hmm. is always right to care for someone. Mm -hmm. If they do something that is suddenly no longer healthy for you, mm -hmm. if they've done something that is now affecting you to a point where you're questioning if helping them is, like, healthy, mm -hmm. probably best, yeah, to end that relationship in a regard, but don't carry that same thought and understand that your empathy, everyone deserves empathy, everyone deserves care, but you also can't spit in someone's face and expect them to keep caring. Yeah. You are allowed for your own sake, for empathy for yourself, 
to put yourself in situations where you are going to be appreciated for what you do and what you put in. Mm-hmm. And so from going from there, do you want to add more to that? Because that was beautiful. Uh, a really big thing for me in that regard is as I pursue new relationships, I find it really funny that I will do things that I think are simple, things that make me happy mm-hmm. for very fundamental reasons and people think I'm being a little extra. Mm-hmm. And the idea behind it is like, no, I don't want you to give me any money for this meal or for like, if I smoke you out or anything like that, I want to do this. I grew up with so little. I didn't, one of my most fulfilling experiences I can have is being able to share something with someone and provide them happiness or enjoyment Mm -hmm. or to be able to provide support or help if someone's going through a rough time. Like even like knowing that you can be someone that someone can call if you need help moving. Yep. And it's like, I'll show up. I will help you. It makes me happy to know I could help you. I don't want a reward because my soul is hungry for that. Mm -hmm. And in relationships, as I'm going forward, uh, a part of that empathy is learning, like, I understand where they've been. I'm sharing this because this is going to be how I share my feelings. I'm not going to compromise myself for this person. But I also care enough about myself to know that I am happy caring yeah. for others. Yeah. And find I, a healthy balance, too. And that's exactly the pursuit and the interesting part where it's like, I don't want to get into a situation where I... I'm not able to help, but I'm paying like a blood tax basically yeah. to be around someone. Yeah. I want to feel uplifted by them because they are so appreciative of the help. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. And that's yeah. something as you get older, uh, looking, especially because we just talked about relationships, yeah. what are you looking for now? Mm-hmm. And what is going to constitute something worth engaging in mm-hmm. in that regard? Worth engaging. I like that you said that because I'm just like getting to a place of like this is like I'm important. Oh yeah, like I am important. You I, you, you need to be the most important thing in your yes. life because yes, it's crazy. Uh, and I'll say this as someone who's incredibly disassociative, someone who has I'm actually diagnosed with major depression and like general anxiety, agoraphobia. Like not a fucking Tumblr page claiming it here. <laughs> like actual fucking old men like shove fucking medicine down my throat because of it. <laughs> You have to take care of you yeah. because that is how you fucking interact with the world. Yeah. And if you don't care about yourself, I'm not going to say that's f- fine. The <laughs> cynic in me wants to say that because I feel that about myself all the time. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, you are going to have to take care of yourself so that your means for interacting with literally everything. Everyday functions. Yeah. is Just down to that level, too. Yeah. You like, just, it allows you to actually like experience and live mm-hmm. and function and think and process and build and grow. Mm-hmm. So from there, I got to struggle. Like, yeah. Because it's a struggle to like find that balance. It, it literally oh. is a struggle to maintain that balance. It's a struggle to just get through every day in yeah, life at this point. Oh my, for real, like with everything going on in the world. like, And not even in like an overdramatic way, but something to really point out is the exhaustion mm-hmm. emotionally and mentally of what's going through. The impacts of such prolonged extreme stress mm-hmm. and depressive moods for people uh one thing that really fucks with me is like something i I joke about with you that america has learned to live with covid instead of combat it it, yeah and it's so exhausting because not only do we have that as a forefront of everything going on with the news there's just always something new going on yeah there already was but now it's like all of that is now on top of the blankets that we know are not going away Mm -hmm. massive wildfires human stupidity Mm -hmm. fucking a literal pandemic. Yeah. The rest of the fucking world wanting to keep us isolated. Yeah. Like, it's 
exhausting. It mm-hmm. is literally, it is a struggle to find value in what you are doing every day when it feels like you as a single entity are being lost in a sea of bullshit that yep. invalidates what you're working towards. Mm-hmm. And I got to a place of having to digest the struggle within life will always be going on. Yeah. It will come in different forms. It's going to continue to happen all the time. And while I was at home trying to help with my grandmother's passing, Mm -hmm. there were so many different things. Oh my gosh, that's perfect. There were so many different things going on back here in Atlanta that I was taking care of, trying to do podcasts, trying to help the family, like starting new like friendships and relationships and things like that. And all of that is in the middle of everything that's going on entirely in our country. Yes. Oh my god, I didn't think of that either. You want to know something else that's crazy, Jeremiah? Mm. You're a black man living in America. Yeah, I was like, we're going to bring that up too. Like, that was a, like, this summer has been such an incredible amount of growth for me because I had to go back and address a lot of shit. Mm -hmm. So much shit. All of those ingredients in the pot were finally done. They were boiled, they had simmered, they had mixed and medallied, and you were fucking serving up bowls, bro. I was serving up bowls, and the, the ability to communicate in that situation the level of disrespect that I allowed in my life. Yeah. And like how much that affected my identity and to be able to look at it as a grown adult and be like, yo, this is fucked up. Especially because like when you're younger, you attach not necessarily healthy emotions Mm -hmm. and identities onto things that go on. Mm -hmm. Oh, you know, I'm just a kid. I'm having fun. These are my buddies. They don't mean stuff by it. Yeah. And then it takes those experiences and you growing. Yeah. uh, All of a sudden you realize like, you have a way better cipher to break down scenes and events with. And it's just, and so you have much. to go back and address it. Yeah. In a lot of cases it's, it is, I, I will say it is healthy. It is healthy. Yes. That's true. That is true. It. That is true. That is true. You should. Yeah. There are definitely going to be some cases where I'm sure people either don't have the option to address it. Yes. That is or true. Or it is something that needs to be acknowledged, but maybe not addressed mm-hmm. at the risk of re-engaging it. Yes. And I will say that is, I'm glad you put that there. I'm definitely glad you put that there because that's something else that I've seen in other people's situation throughout this summer. Yeah. And so like, that's a real thing. That it's, is a very real thing. Whenever, whenever I went through my breakup, I knew that we wouldn't see eye to eye on some things that I really needed closure on. Mm-hmm. So I filled out a notebook of everything I knew I wouldn't get closure on. Mm-hmm. And the whole purpose behind me doing that was realizing like, I can't pursue closure from this person. Mm. I will not get that. This will not process how I quote unquote, like want it to go. This isn't going to be a storybook. I need to acknowledge that these things happened for myself and that I will grow beyond them mm-hmm. and that I will not let them be a stunting factor as I move forward because I can acknowledge them enough to, ign- I don't want to say acknowledge again, but I can acknowledge them enough to better ready and prepare myself for dealing with similar events. Which brings us to acceptance. Boy, that was perfect. That was beautiful. <laughs> Which brings us to acceptance. And I want to say that's like the first half of the, what I learned. Yeah. And then the second half was learning to allow the love that I have in my life be a part of it. Because I'm someone that just like gives and gives and gives and gives and gives and gives and gives. And learning how to accept like, okay, I'm here for myself now. I have situated myself well to where I can help assist other people, but understanding the boundaries there and accepting that I can also lean on these people Mm -hmm. that I call friends and like the relationships that I have, like I can allow myself to lean on people. 
Yeah. That was something that was really... Because literally, my surprise birthday party yesterday. Yeah. I'm still learning it. Like, it's just like, ah, I love all you people. I love y'all so much, but why are you here for little old me? That's something that really, like, fucked with me for a while. Mm-hmm. And actually, I don't know how much of it you remember, but that was a really big part of my ego death when uh, we did mushrooms. Uh, Which, as a side note, as dear a side listener, note, dear listener, Joseph went to art school. <laughs> he has done psychedelics. He is not a fucking stranger to drugs. Hi, mom. I don't think y'all ever listen to this. <laughs> but what we ended up with. Hmm was a quarter of penis envy, which is the highest class intensity of psychocillin mushroom you can get. It was a private strain cultivated by these two fucking chemistry <laughs> gods, basically. <laughs> you were supposed to take one or two. I ended up taking eight. At least. At least. At least. At least. And that was actually, I think, part of the reason I got so much growth so quickly mm-hmm. after everything kind of went down because that was shortly before I was going to move in my new place. I was looking for a job. A lot of my stuff was in flux. I wasn't sure what I was doing with school. I wasn't sure if I was going to stay in Atlanta. Yeah. I remember that. That, yeah. dude, that was like a month ago. Jeez. Right. And then Fuck. I had the most intense bad trip I'd ever had, but it was without going through that whole rabbit trail. <laughs> oh my God. I got scared straight. I'm <laughs> going through all of it. Uh, I was basically, like, I had to shotgun blast all of my emotions and deal with things because all of a sudden I was in a situation where you were there. Yeah. You were also on shrimps, though. I was also on shrimps. So, for me, a sense was I was alone. Yeah. Because we were both experiencing that, so there was no sober anchor. Mm -hmm. And not just that, but I realized the aloneness I had with being separate from that partner, how alone I had become because Mm -hmm. of that. Dealing with everything of how I processed my relationships around me i opened up the fucking episode saying i'm not very social yeah. i have very small circles i have very limited communication with people and it was such an intense forced process of force feeding me these emotions that i had psychologically been sort of skirting mm-hmm. oh i totally addressed that. i totally know what's going on yeah. but i hadn't really explored it and now i didn't have a, i didn't have a choice on whether i got to explore it or not fucking choice. that shit was like right in your face i it was rough but that all having gone through and then coming out of it uh aside from the funny stories i now have <laughs> it made me realize that i had lost what i had valued about myself mm. and the acceptance of it is fine that i went through this it is fine i made mistakes it is fine that things are different now mm-hmm. Because I have so much to build off of and there's still so much to go and so much can happen in such a short time. Mm-hmm. And now there were no there were no anchors. There yeah. were no limitations other than what I put up and provided for myself. The acceptance of, like, uh, Joseph is back, basically, yeah. was something I really... It was hard to digest. It's like, holy shit, I didn't realize how much needed to happen mm-hmm. and how much needed to be addressed for me internally. Mm-hmm. And the mind's an amazing thing. Mind is amazing, though. Mind is a fucking terrifying thing. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. So, that brings us to growth, which is the final episode. Like, I need to stop saying that, because I don't care. <laughs> like, I do. Shout out, Joe. I, I really do. But, like... Brings us to the final, which yeah, is growth. It's, yeah, it's growth. Like, what... Going into this next stage of life, because yeah. we're at the end of summer. We're literally recording this the last 20? day of summer. The 21st. Today's oh the last day of summer. Oh, my God. As you go into this next season of life, like what are some of the things that you really appreciate about yourself that you've 
didn't really see beforehand. One of them is that I am genuinely, and this is going to sound so fucking cheesy, <laughs> is that I am genuinely made whole by being able to be generous. Mm. And my means of survival are not a lot. I can live on very little. Uh, do I enjoy having means to live a little more extravagantly? Sure. Who doesn't? But just going through a few simple fundamentals of like, I can buy my friends food tonight. I can, I can provide the ride. I can smoke them out. I can help, you know, my partner go pack her, her bags and her boxes or like, you can host your cats at my house tonight. Mm -hmm. It's little things that really made me feel more whole Mm -hmm. because the Joseph I was starting to become the identity that I was teetering towards was one of such intense anger all the time that the sweetness that like people that are closer with me tend to like identify and I fucking make fun of, Mm -hmm. uh, it's something real and it's something that actually makes me feel happy. Uh, one of the best compliments I ever received was whenever Levi was talking, uh, with my ex about me and he talked about how whenever we would all hang out together, like, I would light up the room like I had a light mm-hmm. about me and that had disappeared. Mm. And now it feels like it's finally back again where like I actually feel it because yeah. I am seeing now without this miasma of self-hate and abusive like overtones, like people are valid in how they see me and how mm. they see me is a completely valid view of myself because mm. no one is going to be a harsher critique than you, than are. you are. Yeah, And part of that was like, I feel lighter doing things now. I feel better going about my day. I feel so much more confident approaching things. Like there was the concern of like, am I going to have a job? Am I going to support myself? I just got a new job. That's better than any others I've had in Atlanta. I don't need to worry about my school because I'm going to be able to find ways to either put off the loan payments or re-engage when I'm ready. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of little things that are starting to line up now that as I am in a more positive light, realize are like real and attainable without having to teeter off of my like holistically human path. It has aligned itself to work out because, and this might be kind of dumb saying it, I have full faith that if you pursue something that genuinely brings you bliss, falling back on the ideas of Joseph Campbell and the hero's journey, Mm. things really do fall into place and you, they fall into place not in regard of like it shows up for you and the universe provides, but it becomes so clear where you want to go mm-hmm. and those options shine through others so vibrantly that you're just, it's basically like having your path lit up for you. Yeah. Like, you know where you want to go because all of a sudden everything falls in line oh, to provide that path. Yeah. One of the things my mom wrote, I was talking to a friend about this the other day was, and she drew it. <clears throat> it said, my life is not falling apart or it's not. Yeah. My life is not falling apart. It's falling into place. And falling apart was like the words literally falling and into place or the other words like landing there. And so that's definitely been my summer. Like that's definitely not even that summer. That's definitely been this year is like with the whole inciting incident at the beginning of the year. And then all the things that just transpired over like the last nine months has been. I never saw it as my life falling apart, but looking back on it and being outside of it now, it was just so many things happening back to back to back to back and having Mm -hmm. to either address them or look at it and put it to the side and then come back to it and address it so that I could maintain a sense of just being okay. Yeah. How do you keep everything organized when you're constantly overwhelmed? Right. So main, not micromanaging, compartmentalization. That's something that I've always been very good at, but learning that the compartmentalization 
it can turn into a flow. Yeah. Instead of blocking things off. Everything can kind of come together in... If you're constantly putting things away, you're yeah. not aware of everything that needs to be addressed. So when things hit me, I have to look at it myself internally and then build on top of it. And that's just gotten me to a place of understanding that I can take on a lot more responsibility. Understanding the responsibility that I do have and understanding the responsibility that I want to have. Yeah. And being able to see the strength within myself to mm-hmm. be able to maintain it healthily. That has been the growth that I have just seeped into because like for my birthday, I didn't do anything like, and I don't like Jeremiah four years ago to have been like, motherfucker, what? You ain't do nothing. What you talking about? You got to do some shit with your people's like, it's going to be good time. Never in my life have I ever talked like that. But he says, I says, I does says, but, <laughs> but I got to a place where I had everything set. Everything yeah. was fine. I didn't need to do anything else. I already had people that loved me and appreciated me. They were very verbal about that. And you they didn't were, have to go out of your way to find something mm-hmm. of that value. It just literally... It literally came to me. Yeah. Joseph came out. Matt came out. Yeah. Blue came out. Jordan came out. There's a few people that just came through my house that day. And it was nice because we were all able to have like a genuine awesome time and not have to like have a social lubricant. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's something I also, as I get older, uh, as I get older, God, I'm still so young now. <laughs> but as I grow, uh, I realize I do enjoy being around people. Mm-hmm. And I've gotten better at picking the quality of people I am around. But also, uh, and a perfect example of this is, like, in the last like month or so, uh, I have someone new who I'm spending a lot of time with. And while that in itself makes sense of why you would enjoy that, I'm realizing that the people they also spend time with I enjoy. Mm. And I've been able to find a better way of... It's awkward to say, but it's like... I have found a way to like people. Mm. Because I have found communities and individuals that fall more in line of what I'm looking for when it comes to that sort of scene. Mm -hmm. It's not just who's around, who's available, who do I know well enough... And it's become more of, I know the basic standard of what these individuals in these groups feel, how they function, the maturity level. I know what is going to be fun with them. I know what I would rather do alone. And there's a comfortable adultness to it without having to feel like I need to hang out with people to do stuff. Mm -hmm. Or it's like, I want to hang out with these people because I see the value in oh, that now. Yes. And then I can also then be like, yo, peace, fuck off. Like, <laughs> yeah. Go home, get high, watch cartoons. <laughs> and I'm just as satisfied. Yeah. Uh, a big thing for growth as well for me is being alone. Because up until last year, I was openly codependent. Mm-hmm. It was literally part of my artist statement was learning to be codependent because of how much you latch onto a partner coming from... Uh, an auspicious upbringing yeah is a good way to put mine <laughs> uh for those that don't know which is like literally all of you uh, <laughs> <laughs> i was raised in a cult for 12 years lost my father at 17 and have kind of been like figuring things out there's a bunch of little stuff in there i raised wolves i lived in sicily my grandfather was ex-mafia it was a lot of fun little things but it basically guaranteed i had no idea what a fucking healthy relationship looked like yeah And it's fun now. I get to actually, like, figure it out myself because I have the experiences to 
not need to use other people's examples anymore. Yes. And that's that's the crazy thing. As much as I like I asked you some questions earlier, as yeah. much as I love talking to other people, I've also found that I already have like the answers. I just have to take the time to find it. Yeah. And then like explore other people's thought patterns and see what that looks like. And I can either take it on and like attach it to myself or I can just like doesn't work for me. Cool. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I still end up coming to a place of my own and then hearing like there's been a few instances recently where like I was like, I'm pretty sure this is a thing, but I've diminished myself to appease other people. Oh, and then it comes out and it's like, oh, I was right. Why didn't I trust myself? Dude, that is simultaneously the best and worst feeling of like, I was right, but now no one can acknowledge it or else you all have to admit you're assholes. Yeah. (laughs) Like, yeah. (laughs) And I I hate that because I don't want to be the kind of guy that's like, I know I'm right. But at the same time, something I've come into, Mm -hmm. I know what I know. Yeah. If I am not aware of something, I will stipulate, like, I believe, I think. But if I know something, like, if a big thing is, like, you didn't say that. Mm-hmm. It's like, I did say that. I mm-hmm. know what I said. If mm-hmm. you misheard me. That is on you, my guy. You are welcome to admit that you heard something different. It doesn't need to stop the conversation. I don't need to apologize and diminish myself. Mm-hmm. I know what I said. Mm-hmm. And if it comes into a case where I am wrong and they are vehement or they are absolutely positive, I have basic humility. I don't mind admitting to fucking up. Yeah. But don't demand an apology from me for your mistake. Yes. And socially, that's something that I've really come into more recently, mm-hmm. uh, which I had really missed about myself was having that bit of a spine and mm-hmm. like being able to stand by your convictions mm-hmm. where it's like, I'm either wrong or I'm right. I'm not going to fucking apologize for it. Yeah. I'll admit that I didn't know it. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. And that just, I feel like just... I mean, that's so basic. It is. It's like, it's... But why does it... It's basic, but also seeing it with your self-value and with how you want to interact with people and how you brought up how you see how different people think. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it works for you, sometimes it doesn't. Mm -hmm. You now, though, see all these different examples of how people are going to break down what you're presenting. Yes. And... I think that helps... I think that helps me be a better communicator. It does. It is so exhausting to think It is. It is. But that's what I do all the time. I just sit here and I think... I just do shit, I think. Sit in your little oasis. My little oasis. Yeah, we'll talk about that really quick. I'll wrap it up on that. So, yeah. like, I moved in between recording this whole season. Mm-hmm. Um, it's and been big upheaval for a couple months. Yeah. Big upheaval. Like, ugh. Finally getting, I, I took my room and I made it my own. And I made the oasis. And it's got a bunch of faux greenery in here. As means everyone you ain't likes. gotta water it. I don't gotta water a goddamn thing. It means and you I'm, can go on vacation and not have to worry about getting nobody to do anything. Smart ass investment. Very nice. Very nice investment. My room is a smart room now. I want to add some more smart stuff to it. I had a whole little adventure getting this to you. There's a whole story behind that. Yeah, it was nice. And like this room has really just come together. So I found that as I've gotten older, my creativity has flowed in so many different aspects that this room is a reflection of my mind. Mm-hmm. And like, it's nice. Yeah, and you it's can calm. you can feel the peace in it. Yeah, it's actually really interesting to think of it uh, because you used to you would call my old house Dagobah. Dagobah, yeah, and I loved it. Uh, but when my ex and I split, and it then became just my space, and I had to decorate it, I could feel 
things were off a little bit, even when I got it to a good place. Now that I'm living in the space I'm in now, uh, don't have internet yet. Fuck AT and T. That's neither here or there. But just like shout out really quick. Fuck you guys. I'm ruining any sponsorship champ Jeremiah has from you. Fuck you. Fuck everyone that works for you. Your fiber's okay, but also like know what the fuck a coaxial cable is and if your equipment's gonna work with it or not. And don't make me wait multiple weeks just so you can send a technician out to charge me a hundred dollars so I can then pay for your service. Jesus. You can cut all that out, but anyways. I know. I was, that was fun. <laughs> But now in my new home, uh, I'm in a studio, which I love. I've always wanted to live in a studio because I love having quick access to my things. As an artist and a creative, uh, I fucking hate saying shit like that. Right? But as someone... But it is true of us. Yeah. It is true of us. I'm going to rephrase it. As someone who works very quickly on a whim when it comes to their art... Oh my god. I like... Oh my god. All right. Fuck off. Man, you can afford it. (laughs) But legitimately, being able to see it all laid out and like have an idea and look over and be like, there are all my tools, there are all my clays, there are all my paints, I don't have to go in another room, mm-hmm. I don't have to disengage from what I'm doing, I can literally just go and do that thing now in the same space, incredible for me. That is, I crave that, I've always wanted that and now I have that and it is the satisfaction I've wanted. On top of it, I can now decorate the space of just exclusively my things and it feels like my space Mm -hmm. for the first time it feels not like i've shared a space or made it mine or that i've moved in somewhere and i'm just staying but like i really made my mark here Mm -hmm. i'm gonna i'm excited to see where it ends up going as i reestablish myself here in the city i never thought i would stay in yeah you just talk about how much you hated this i still fucking hate the city it is very lucky to have a lot of people in it that i like hallelujah yeah very welcome for like what I have all done. fucking like what two or three of you god yeah damn. hey but that's enough that's all you need yeah you know what that's all you need quality over quantity quality over quantity I'm very happy that I stayed my faux anger aside <laughs> well with that listener thank you for joining us on the summer series um there's not much else to say like go back and list everything and then come back to this to see how it all like plays out and reach out to me on Instagram Joseph where can they find you uh nowhere don't contact me don't talk to me uh don't look for me don't add me on anything don't interact with me in any way uh my instagram is curio joe with an underscore between curio and joe i don't care if you capitalize it or not uh yeah but that's literally the only place you're gonna find my artwork until i can pay for my website again uh you you can find me uh on instagram at parkour geek and that's p-a-r-k-o-u-r-g-3-3-k you can also find me on Instagram at a tokens take. That's a t o k e n apostrophe s t a k e. So goddamn wrong when you spell it out. <laughs> <laughs> and you can find me on Facebook. And if I don't know you, not gonna fucking add you. And with every episode that I record this podcast with, we end off with be love, be life, be. I'll see you on the next season. Yeah, I'll take care out there. The world's falling apart. Wear a fucking mask. Stop spitting in each other's mouths. Jesus Christ, my guy. Like, (laughs) what are we doing? What the fuck are we doing? Can we just make it? How am I supposed to escape America now that America is isolated? Boy. (laughs) Boy. And with that, that is the final episode of Perspectives, the summer series. I want to thank you so much for coming on this journey with me. And... I wanted to talk a little bit about the growth that I experienced after we recorded the last episode, uh, going through October up until now, there was a lot of, 
a lot of instances where I saw that the things that I had learned over the summer um, and even before the summer, all of that kind of compiled and I was allowed to function in that growth. So as you see yourself growing in different ways, you'll get to see where you return to certain circumstances will definitely look different, but you'll see the same different themes running throughout your life. And every time you come back to these different topics, you'll see how you inherently function at a better level than when you first did. Um, it is, it's the experiences um, and the knowledge that you gain. And so as I went through the last couple months, I definitely was able to see the, the greatness that I held within myself, that everyone has within themselves. But I was able to use that as a tool to function through each and every one of these situations that I had to go through. So I encourage you to look back as we go into 2021 on the experiences of this year and how you can better interact in those situations as they come up again in different areas in life. So this is where we will end this season. There will be a third season. I'm in the process of figuring out how I'm going to do that. It'll definitely be another short series similar to this one. Um, but I'm going to schedule that out and make sure all that looks Gucci and get all that done before even releasing the episodes so that I can stay on a better scheduled thing. And when life comes up, I'll still be able to make sure the podcast gets the attention that it needs. So I hope you can find some sense of peace and happiness somewhere here within 2020. Um, just even if it's one little thing, I hope that you were able to find and hold on to something. And I hope that as we go into 2021, our year is filled with more understanding of one another, more love for one another, and more growth. So, be love, be life, be. I'll see you in the next season.